This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, Presbyterian support Otago's Family Works Food Bank is the busiest in Dunedin, and during the winter, of course, demand is even higher. The food bank currently provides families with about 10,000 food items every month, a figure expected to increase as the weather gets colder. And uh, with that in mind... Octocan rolls around again, this time to be held on Thursday the 23rd of June in Deleen's Lower Octagon. Your chance to contribute to the Food Bank, here to tell us more about it from Presbyterian Support, uh, Michelle and Jazz. Thanks for joining us this morning, good to have you here. Thanks for having us, Jeff. That statistic, uh, 10,000 food, I- food items every month, is that growing or is that a fairly consistent demand on uh, the Food Bank? Yeah, the, the demand's always growing. Um Last year we had a huge increase with the floods and we're surprised that that number has grown again this year without the floods. So the the 10,000 food items um, are broken down into food parcels with about 30 items in each. Cans make up a big part of that and then the rest of it is non-perishable items that get donated as well. How on earth did you keep up with demand during that period of uh, after the floods because it must have been quite a significant blip on the radar. Yeah, so it did um, unearth a few people that needed help that didn't know our services were there. Mm. Um, but it was a big call out to the public and I think the day of Octocan was pouring with rain and it actually helped us. People felt sorry for us and came out with their cans. I remember that day it was. Yes, you must kind of look at that and wonder whether the, the uh, weather's going to affect uh, the way that people are able to contribute, but uh, fortunately not. Now, this year your target is, say, 15,500 cans. Optimistic you can reach that this year? And if so, what are we doing about making sure that people in Dunedin know about it? Well, we've got a Facebook event. You can find it on Facebook under Octocan 2016 and you can share that event. And what's great about um, that is it will remind people the week of and the day before and the day of so that they don't forget to bring their cans down. It's about a 1,000 cans more than what we got last year and that um, 15,500 cans will keep us going until about Christmas time. What sort of items are you particularly keen to see offered? The main um, most wanted cans that we want are meats like chicken and tuna and salmon, um, meals, soups, pasta sauces, things like Big Eats, um, chilies, crock pot type stuff and then tinned fruit, tomatoes, baked beans, spaghetti, pretty much anything that you would eat from a can is what, what we can use. Now the opportunity, of course, is for anybody to come along on the day and contribute and bring, uh, bring their, um, their cans into the centre of the city and you're running, what, from 7.30 in the morning? You'll be accepting donations on yep. the uh, 23rd of June. Uh, I know in previous years you've built them into beautiful-looking spirals and things like that. Got any plans around that this year? Yeah, this year we're, it's our eighth year, so we're having eight hearts and we'll be breaking those eight hearts up into the categories that we sort the tins so, yeah, we'll have a, a heart of meats and a heart of baked beans and a heart of spaghetti. Yeah, there'll be eight hearts for each year this year. So there's 
there's that way of contributing, coming along as an individual or as a family and making that donation on the day. But look, um, there is really an opportunity here, isn't there, to get um, businesses and school groups and sports groups and things like that involved in the lead-up to Octacan with perhaps a view of of doing some of the uh, collection and collation ahead of the Octacan appeal. Yeah, definitely. We've got a lot of schools and kindies and businesses who are already collecting now. Um, and they may just have a, a box in the staff room that can people can bring along or holding a wear your slippers to work day or a mufti day where people bring along tinned items instead of a gold coin. All right. If people hop on your website, you've got some information about Octacan and perhaps some ideas as to how they might uh, go about uh, encouraging some interest in their workplaces and school groups and sports groups around Octacan? Yep, there's plenty of interest on our psatago.org.nz website um, and some fun sort of challenges as well where you can maybe set a goal and um, do a bit of a crazy challenge at the end if it's reached. I imagine on a day like this and throughout the year, in fact, in the food banks, you're relying on volunteers to uh, to, to work uh, and to make it possible for you to, to keep up with demand? Yeah, we're um, this year we're adding a street appeal. So you would have seen other charities that stand down the George Street and outside the supermarkets with buckets. We're actually adding that to Octacan this year uh, where we are in desperate need of people to volunteer and, and shake a bucket for an hour or so. All the money that we collect through shaking buckets will be used by the food bank to purchase um, perishable items throughout the year to supplement those, those emergency food parcels that we give out. Um, on our website you can all the information there, how to get in touch and do some volunteering on the day. And we'll also welcome people to hang out and help out in the octagon as well. So now's the time to get in touch yes, if, uh, if you can offer uh, something of your time. Give us a little bit of insight as to how the food bank runs throughout the rest of the year. Um, how are you putting together the food parcels and how are you getting them to people? Well, we have a great team of volunteers in the food bank usually two a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon and they put the food parcels together for us so whatever comes in there's kind of a general list of what needs to go in a food bank, if, sorry a food parcel and they'll put those together for us. One guy particularly enjoys making um, lunch packs for kids so all those lunch items like raisins and little bags of chips, those things he puts those together for kids and he I think he's got, he can do something like a hundred an hour or something, he's incredibly fast he loves to do it um, basically when someone comes in for a food parcel they're given one but they first we have to check that they're not getting food parcels from anywhere else, so there's a big database that's shared between the four, bank, four food banks in Dunedin and also people are invited to speak to a social worker if they come back a second time, again, they're given one, but the, the invitation's extended. They come back a third time, they have to speak to a social worker or budget advisor. If they're needing food, there's probably other reason, other things they need help with, and the food's just the tip of the iceberg. So the food bank's got a really robust process about who they give food to and making sure that all the other parts of their life are okay as well. They, they might need someone to go to winds with them. We can do that. So it's not just a matter of giving someone food and sending them on their way. It's actually much more robust than that and really important that we get to the root of what why someone's coming in. So for us, it's a great way to find out who needs their help, but it's, it's not simply just giving them food and sending them on their way. It's much more important than that. And you and other organisations have been doing that wonderful work, connecting people with the agencies that can provide them with assistance for years now, and yet the demand stays steady or increases. What do we put that down to? 
I think there's a lot of reasons. One of them is um, people who they might both parents might be working, but they've had reduced hours. So people who are sudden who are used to working to a budget, suddenly that budget's reduced, and they've now got this mini crisis, and that 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 builds and builds and builds. Particularly at winter, suddenly people's power bills go up because of heating, so they have to make a choice: food or or heating, and People struggle with those decisions, and it's real for so many families these days. I read somewhere that any working person is three pay, pay packets away from being broke, and that's me. That you know, that's that's my colleagues. We we could be those people. So it's such a thin line. And I think if some if if my car broke down today, I've got to pay to fix that. That means something else doesn't get paid for. And if if you're living your life like that, eventually it's going to catch up with you and the crisis will come. So I think that's why it's a never-ending problem because there's always going to be stuff happening for people and some things you just can't plan for. I imagine at the front end of this, the first time that someone decides, look, I think I think I actually need to go and talk to someone at the food bank, that can't be an easy decision to make. No, I know my colleagues in the food bank did a unofficial survey and it t- takes about 11 times before people step through the door. They see them come to the door and walk away 11 right. times. It must be the embarrassment of having to ask for help at that level must be huge and really overwhelming. So I think anyone who does come in, good on them. They actually want to, to do something differently and get some help and that's that's fantastic. And in that regard, what can you kind of reassure people about in terms of <clears throat> the way that they will be met when they call on the services? Our service is really confidential. You'll go in there, you'll be treated like a human being, you'll be treated the way that we'd want to be treated ourselves. Um, we're not going to say everyone also and say came to the food bank today. It's, it's not like that at all. There's, it's, it's The people are caring. They want to help. They're understanding. And they've got the skills and the resources to give the help that people need. And I think when people go in, it's it's quite a almost social environment. There's toys for the kids, there's magazines to read, there's private rooms if you need a private room. It's it's not overwhelming when you get once you've made that decision to go through the door and pe- people there do want to help and do want to make a difference. And they don't they want to do that like cuz you're there cuz they're friendly, they're nice. I think that the typical Dunedin people, they're just nice people, they want help and once you walk through that door, you you notice you feel that straight away, and I think that's really important for helping people get through the door. Do you have much of a relationship with with families who have found themselves needing the support of a food bank? Then you've connected them with some other support systems, and then they've sort of grown and got out of that pit. Do you get some feedback? Even people people coming back to you and saying, "Hey, I really appreciated what you did for us when we really needed it." We do actually. We have a feedbacks form which we ask people to fill in, and some of the comments are just just beautiful. People saying, "You were there when I needed it. You were the light at the end of my tunnel. I needed someone with a calm, cool head, and you—that's what you did for me. I couldn't have done this without you." We get a lot of families donating to the food bank who who have benefited from the food bank in the past, and now they're they're able to give back, and they do, and that's just that's wonderful. That we know the service does make a difference, but we couldn't do it without without our staff, without volunteers and without donations from people, it, it just wouldn't work. So that we need all those all those parts to work together and people do get out of it. Most people come to us because of a one small thing in their life that's just got out of control. It's usually not ongoing unless there's a me- probably mental health reason. So we're, we're really lucky that we have so many success stories, but 
because of the nature of the world, we will always have other stories that haven't been told yet. Well, we've been reasonably fortunate so far with a mild start to winter, but we know the colder months are coming and we know that that means that the pressure will be on families whose budgets are stretched further by having to meet power bills and and what have you. And so food uh, and the situation there can be compromised. So now is a really important time to start thinking about Octocan. It's not far away now, Thursday the 23rd of June. Jazz, just run us again how it will work on the day. So, um... The team from Presbyterian Support will be down at the Octagon, Lower Octagon, at 7.30. We'll be welcoming you with your cans. The bollards will be down, so if you have a vehicle, feel free to to drive on through. And feel free to come and take some selfies, or helpies they call them now, of your your workplace or your school or your team um, laying some cans down in the hearts. We'll be there till 2.30 in the Lower Octagon, and then there will be street collectors uh, outside the supermarkets and along George Street on the day as well. Going to be there rain, hail, snow or shine? Definitely. We'll <laughs> be there whatever the weather. And, of course, you can make contributions to the Food Bank right through the year as well. Um, and if people do want to do that, what's the best way of making those contributions? Uh, if you could drop them off at 407 Moray Place, Presbyterian Support. Otherwise, a lot of churches actually collect on our behalf, Presbyterian churches. So if you if you live near one, they'll have a Food Bank box there, which... Can, we can, they'd be quite happy for you to drop off items there. Otherwise, we do collect at our three rest homes around Dunedin and our three shops also collect on our behalf and that gets dropped off. So there's lots of opportunities. All right, and how about it if you're in a workplace or you're part of a, a group um, in the community that uh, meets regularly, perhaps you might want to talk about Octocan and uh, collecting and providing as a group on the day, perhaps take responsibility, provide your own premises for a place for drop-off points and then just bring them along to the Octocan Appeal on the day. And let's get well past that 15,500 can target, shall we? Yes, please. Jazz and Michelle, thanks for joining us uh, on the Awesome Morning Show and all the very best for the Octocan Appeal. Thursday, the 23rd of June, it starts at 7.30 through to about 2.30 or so in uh, Dunedin's Lower Octagon. Thank you, Jeff. Great, thank you. This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.